This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast where we talk about everything that is the martial art of Aikido. I'm Christopher Hine, head instructor at Aikido of Fresno, and with me is Joshua Tihi, assistant instructor at Aikido of Fresno, and Maya Solano McDaniel, first Q and student at Aikido of Fresno. And our guest with us today is. Rokas, it's a very difficult surname to pronounce, which is Leonardo. <laughs> so I never asked people to say that. We we had a discussion. We've been debating your name actually, and we chose to not. We were like, we're not going to try to say that. <laughs> that so. is that's the way to go. All I'm right, like, very good. Try to save the trouble. Do your name though for us, so for people listening, uh, if they want to try to to get it. Yeah. So if, any, if anybody wants to give a shot, it's Leonardo. Yeah, okay. Not ideal for Not the world. Ideal. All right. But is yeah, it, that's that's. What is I it get. like the victor of the lions? Do you know what your name means? What is the? I don't think like there's a, a probably like it's too old to have a specific meaning, but but there's the Leo in it, which I really love because I'm also a Leo. Oh, uh, perfect. Like, yeah. uh, you know, Astrological like sign. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't believe much in them, but I like being a lion. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> that's good. So. uh some people may already know uh, of you, um, but for those who are, don't recognize the name, um, give you, just can you give us a little bit of your background and, and you know, uh, and also a plug for for people who maybe want to hear more of you as this podcast goes on. Absolutely. So uh, I'm probably best known for being the ex Aikido guy, uh, which consists of about 15 years of practicing Aikido. Uh, I was a black belt. Uchideshi, living student for a few years. I had my own school, like a professional uh, Aikido school, uh, for seven years. There's a motorcycle. Do, do you hear the motorcycle, or is that okay? No, can't hear it. There's people. Okay, good. There's people making noise outside. So, uh, seven years professional Aikido dojo, which I eventually closed and went on to become a kind of an amateur MMA fighter. Travel the world, train, and throughout most of that journey, I led a YouTube channel, which again, that's what I'm best known for, I guess, which is called Martial Arts Journey. And uh, it documents me back in the day when I was still a pure Aikidoka, ponytail. <laughs> yeah, I saw, I saw the videos, I loved it. <laughs> it's, I, was, you know, I was like a very like a typical Aikido guy, and then I, I document my, my transformation into becoming a typical MMA guy, as people like to say. <laughs> so, so that's kind of the... And, and where do you sit now? Uh, so now, uh, about a half a year ago, or actually, well, it's been more since the new year, I uh, started to feel like I had a bit of too much of martial arts. So right now I'm looking more into, specifically I'm focusing on coaching right now, uh, like neurolinguistic programming, executive coaching, personal coaching. It's still a new thing, but I'm documenting that journey on my new channel, The Journey, uh, but it's still like very, very much at the baby stage, so and, I can't and- say too much about it. And would you say that you are uh, still more of the typical MMA or the typical Aikido, or have those kind of meshed for you? Mm. Yeah, that's a good question. I think I'm probably a mix. I think at a certain point I was very much kind of MMA, especially because I was hanging out full-time with professional MMA fighters. But then uh, as I got kind of comfortable at that realm, I started to feel my Aikido coming in again, and like people notice I'm... I don't know how I speak now, but I guess in my videos I'm a very soft-spoken person, and uh, and yeah, I'm very diplomatic at, at certain times. So so I think there's there's still Aikido in me, 
but I do look more like an MMA guy because I like it, but I also my girlfriend, she said she wouldn't date me if I, <laughs> she wouldn't have, like, try to date me if I was in my previous looks, so. <laughs> I like that. I respect that. <laughs> Sounds like an honest woman. Keep her around. <laughs> You're like, well, all right. Um, so going back to the start of your YouTube channel, because I know that that's kind of what put you out into the Aikido world at large. Um, how did you get the idea to start doing the videos that you started doing or what pushed you to, because I know you had a dojo, what pushed you to start putting a lot of stuff on YouTube and, you know, starting that journey? Yeah. Uh, so uh, the story goes that I try to be very honest in my story and sometimes I give, I don't know if too many details, but I think it's important <laughs> to be honest. So, so basically I was married at the day. Now I'm divorced. Uh, but then then my, my wife, uh, which was kind of, we were, we were running the dojo together. She was a yoga instructor. I was a keto instructor. And she actually suggested me an idea. She's like, we had access on the top, like on the rooftop of the dojo. And she suggested, why don't you film like a, an Aikido video on the rooftop and put it online? I was like, oh, sure, you know, why not? And the video is actually still on the channel. I think it's one of the very few first videos on the channel. And it's like crappy. <laughs> quality and but I kind of enjoyed making it and I, I was like how can I push it even further and I, I filmed one in a different place and then another place and I, I kind of started uh, liking to do that but I'm a very ambitious person in, gen in general and I was like I want to create something extraordinary <laughs> and so I started asking myself so what could like break the internet like what is what <laughs> video I could make that like really would draw in the audience and I decided to, I, I realized that one of the criticisms I had back in the day, and I still think it's somewhat valid uh, in many degrees uh, in Aikido, it's, there's like an age kind of criteria for you to be a sensei. Hmm. It's not like real, but you know, if you want to put your, especially like, that was like eight years ago or six years ago, when you put out videos on YouTube, it's like you have to be, you know, gray hair and have a beard, a gray beard, and, you know, you have to be, like, this old kind of traditional Aikido sensei dude. And I was like, you know what? Can I swear? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We do all the time. Okay. I was like, yes. I was like, fuck that. You know, I was like, <laughs> I looked at the videos, and there was nothing really good about Kenny. Like, there was this guy, I don't know him personally, uh, I don't want to mispronounce his name, but from from Aikikai, uh, he did, like, he had, like, a Kenny tutorial, which was really nice, but still, I felt like it was a bit formal. And I was like, you know what, I'm going to do this informal, but really like in-depth tutorial. Long story short, uh, that kind of did touch people and I started breaking the internet per se. And I really enjoyed it. And then there, the, 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 I think that's kind of the last part of the story. But, uh, you know, my ex-wife, she suggested for me to put that, to put those videos and I became obsessed about it eventually. And in the very first stages, I did like a calculation in my mind, like, you know, if I do X videos and they reach X amount of people, I'm like, I could really like own this. You know, I could like make like something really big. And I, cut, I, I came, came to Dr. Her and I was like, you know what? This is going to be amazing. This is going to explode the world. And I'm going to be like, you know, like rich. And I'm not like really rich. I don't really care about it. And I was like, I was just kind of in that vibe. And I had like, I don't know, like 2,000 subscribers. And she was like looking at me like, 
the fuck are you talking about rotas? You know, this is like, where are, are, did you like land from the moon or something? And I was like, no, no, it's like, I see it. And uh, funny enough, that turned out to be true. And uh, yeah, she actually complained a couple of years later, she complained to my parents. She was like, now that Rokas comes to me and says some crazy idea, I can't say no, even if I don't believe because... it. Because there's a chance right. Right, he's going to do it. <laughs> and my parents said, yeah, we know it. We're, we've already done That's this. just how it is. So, yeah. <laughs> That's kind of a, how it started. And at what point do you realize then, in in the whole training and not just necessarily uh, in terms of video, but at, at what point do you realize like, ah, yeah, Aikido, the thing that has sort of brought you to where you were, it's not it's not for me anymore. There, there's something else out there I got to go tackle right. or, or take, take part in. Yeah, what was your yeah. first inkling to that? Mm. I think it was a gradual process uh, that was happening over a number of years. Uh, but the most significant elements were probably, well, first of all, I met the guy and he just dropped by accident. He was a NATO soldier, so American stationed in Lithuania, my country. And he was looking for a BJJ and uh, by accident he dropped my, into my Aikido dojo. And we became friends and we started talking and, and he, he would come to train Aikido and he would teach me BJJ and we had like long, long discussions. And uh, some of the things he would tell me, like they started to crack down some uh, kind of stereotypes that I was led to believe in, which part of my videos uh, up to today is a little bit about that. Like people, some people think, and especially back in the day, at least like many Aikidoka that I knew, consider that MMA fighters, they're like brutes and savages. and you know, barbarians. And uh, I started to learn from him, like, that's not really the case. And I think that kind of started cracking my, something that I was led to believe to be true. I started noticing that there's a difference between truth and reality. And so that led me to question it even more. Then the other aspect was I was putting out videos, tutorials online, uh, Aikido tutorials. And uh, I was like, I was doing, a, I think, a pretty good job. Like my channel was, was quite well known in the Aikido world at the day. And uh, so there was a significant following, comparably. And, uh, but there, there was one thing where a lot of Aikidoka would be like, oh, you're placing your foot wrong, like this is the way to do it, or your technique is wrong, this style doesn't. Oh. Aikido doesn't really work anyway, so you know, like, why, why, why are you concerned about my foot? It's just a technique, it's just a thing to, to teach your students, and especially, yeah, and I, at that day already I had some understanding that it's Aikido doesn't really work that well to begin with in like a fighting scenario, and uh, I, uh, I I got frustrated about that because I was like like you know what's the difference? I'm just it's just a teaching tool to, to just give something to do for people while they learn the Aikido philosophy. That was kind of my perspective, but I got frustrated with all of them just keep keeping telling me like this is you know you're doing it wrong, and I, I decided to make a video to prove everyone wrong and to prove like look Aikido doesn't really work so get off my back you know don't criticize my tutorials right. anymore right. so so Dude, can I, I felt exactly like this if, if, can I ask a question here so at the time even as you were teaching for you the the techniques and the things that wasn't it I mean that was all to get to the philosophy to a big degree yes so you right so you for you you were using you felt like the, the techniques and the, the training methods and all that was really just to get people to the uh, philosophically to a, the place they needed to be. And it wasn't necessarily about martial arts or, or anything else. 
Uh, I think I was still kind of in between. I was becoming more conscious and making, coming to that conclusion that Aikido doesn't really work. I still had an idea that it works under extraordinary situations. Mm-hmm. Like, like in the street for real. Like, right, right. Like if things go down, then suddenly your your Aikido instinct will kick in. And, and right. the funny thing is I've been attacked a number of times and never mm-hmm. did my Aikido confidence. <laughs> I'm like, I, I hear stories of those few cases where somebody uses Aikido to protect themselves. I'm like, well, I wasn't that lucky. <laughs> you know, so I don't know what's wrong with me. But there's, you know, so many stories that I heard over the years that actually had the same experience like I did. You just freeze because the Aikido doesn't come in and I just punch the guy in the face and, and run away. So so I was kind of, I, I still was believing because I respected my, my Aikido instructor and he told me that it's going to work. I, I kind of believed that to a degree, but I didn't invest too much into it. So if people would come to my dojo and they would, I would sit them down and I would ask, so why, why do you want to learn Aikido? And if they would say self-defense, I would straight away say, just go to a different dojo, go to a different place where I'm not teaching self-defense. So, and I'm proud of it, I'm happy I did that. <laughs> and that reflected part of my teachings. Later I became even more disillusioned, but, but yeah, I, I was quite conscious. So the, the further I went in, into, into exploring that subject, the more I was clear with my students, we're not learning self-defense. This is, there's, there's many things I explored, which were kind of interesting. I, I'm looking, I'm taking a look back now at those things that I did, like, like kind of, kind of ways to use the body to, to develop your mindset or your thinking. And I, I think I had some good success with it, but, but yeah, so I was kind of. Like when, that. when you made that video, that first I forget what you called the prove Aikido wrong video where you were trying to get people off of your back about Aikido just to show that it was, you know, not really martial or whatever. Um, What was the reception like? Or, you know, what what was the response that you got from that? Um, So the video was Aikido versus MMA. uh, Ah. So quite a provocative video to begin with. But uh, honestly, I was expecting everyone to hate me. Uh, I knew I'm, I'm taking a risk because I was still running a professional Aikido school and I did not know how my students will respond to that. I didn't like tell them, oh, look, I'm gonna do this video, I just did it. And I thought that Aikido people will hate me, of course, well, no wonder. Uh, but I also expected MMA and BJJ and combat sports people to make fun of me because I had this idea still that you know, MMA people are combat sports people are brutes and, and, and I knew that many of them don't like Aikido, but I thought, at that day, I thought it's it's just like, they don't like Aikido, period. It took me time to realize that they don't like Aikido, some of the Aikidoka, for particular reasons. It's not like they hate the martial art. They hate some of the mindsets that I, some of the Aikidoka have. And uh, when I made that video, so I expected everyone to hate me, uh, but uh, a lot of Aikido people, yes, they hated me. They kind of uh, decided, you know, it's 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 me that failed and not Aikido. Yeah, that's right. Oh, I've heard I, you, I, you're I, lost. You're, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like my style is Need bad. My study hard. And I was like, you know, I was like, like, this is crazy. I've been doing this for like 13 years, like really devotedly, met so many senses, and, and it's like, doesn't really make sense, but, but that's... You know, like, <laughs> Rokas, you just need to spend yeah. another 50 years studying yeah, Aikido, so, yeah, and then you'll get it. That'll make it work. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. I, I was in that mindset, too, for like 10 years, but after 10 years, I, I became suspicious. I was like, well, it still doesn't really work. So, <laughs> I, and I, 
then I meet this BJJ guy who trains like for four years and he's destroying me. Yeah. Obviously, you know, on the ground, but still. Sounds familiar. Mm. Yeah. But then uh, something I wanted to make sure I, I put in is the, M- the MMA community. Uh, I, of course, there were a few douchebags who were like, haha, you failed. But, but like 90% of them were super supportive. Uh, they, they expressed their admiration and respect. And I was like, I did not see that coming. I was like, that just blew my mind and changed my perspective. Do you feel a little bit of that is like some of the combat sport guys are like they 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 would like to see someone prove that it works. You know like they they're as open to any if if you could go in and show them that Aikido works then they would be like, "Well, damn, maybe we need we need to look more in on this," you know. Whereas the Aiki community is the complete opposite where it's like you know, we can you can show them the MMA and boxing and stuff works, and they still go, yeah, but we got this other secret thing going on, you know? Yeah, hundred percent. That that's my experience as well. Like I met that that's where my mindset started to change when I met like let's see Brazilian people, and they were like they were interested. They're like, oh, show us some wrist locks, you know, or like show what you know. And I felt like I don't really know shit, <laughs> but they were you know interested. And on the other hand, uh, because I, I I have the YouTube channel. So many of my people, so many people connect with me and share their stories. And there were a number of people who shared a story where they would come come to an Aikido class and they had some experience, let's say, in wrestling or, or some combat sport. And they would uh, destroy, almost like by accident, the Aikido sensei. You know, the Aikido mm-hmm. sensei is like, like, oh, you know, try to take me down. And they would take him down and he would stand up and say, now I will explain why his takedown was wrong. Taking <laughs> <laughs> down in the wrong way, and I'm like, oh no, how is this possible? But it seems like that's what happens. Yeah, it's funny because in some ways, um, if that was done correctly, I, I I could understand where the sensei was coming from. Um, because I think there is probably an explanation that, that you could give where you could say, now let me explain why, why the context that Aikido exists in would never facilitate the kind of attack that the, the, the other guy is giving, right? So I think there is a way you can do that. I doubt that's the explanation that was given from the sensei, you know, because most often I don't think that that connection is made. Right, so even if they're saying like, "Let me explain to you why that that wouldn't work," um, their explanation isn't isn't true. Yeah, yeah. There's something I, in relation to what you said, there's something I like a concept that came up uh, a couple years ago uh, that there is a difference between well, specifically exploring the subject that, that there is a difference between explanation and justification. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and then you know, well, I'm sure you guys. You already know what what I'm referring to, but basically, you know, just and I noticed that there's a lot of justification in Aikido or traditional martial arts. It's like we don't do this because of A and B and C, and then it's not really like a legit answer and, and yeah. a legit exploration. But it's just like a repeated phrase which yes. you hear like all over the globe. It's like a hassle, you know, handover. Hand it's it's the and, dogma of Aikido. You know, it's like oh, we've got a religion or something we have to believe in. It's yeah, the yeah, and, rehearsed answer you know everybody knows that these are the five answers that we give to this question and so you just cycle through them when people say well what about this and it's it's because people haven't necessarily thought about it for themselves and their teachers maybe have not even thought about it for themselves 
And, you know, and truthfully, I think some of those, there may be truth buried underneath, you know. Um, and so they're giving it as a justification, but there, pro- there could be an explanation there. I'm just not sure people have done, done the work to, to be it. able to They're too busy justifying. That, right. I mean, I think saying the difference so, between a justification right. and explanation is exactly right. So like, they leave it at the justification and don't ever take it the next step to go like, okay, well, let's see, like, why, why would uh, this guy attack me in this way? And how does Aikido answer for that? Because it does, you know, just not in the way that he was, they were probably showing at the time, you know? Yeah. Yeah, 100%. And there's, uh, like, I actually just recorded a video, like, my new channel is mainly, mainly vlogs, and I just rant about you know, stuff. But one of the re- recent videos I recorded, just didn't publish yet, uh, I was exploring the one of the most influential books in my life. And and through talking, I kind of get a self of reflection. And, and I realized that, that that book is called Always Start With Why. It's a, it's a it's really nice book by Simon Sinek. I think he, he became famous like a couple of years ago. But I read it like like years ago, uh, just as it came out. And the idea is, it's more like a business book. But but the question, the, the suggestion is to ask the why, the focus on the why, and only then on the how and what. And that most people focus on the how and what, and then fails. Well, it's a long long story short. Uh, it really inspired me to question the why of things. And that really influenced my, my Aikido evolution as well. Because then suddenly, like, like, like when you said, what you said, I agree, like some of the justifications, they have some merit. Somebody back in the day, whoever came up with that idea, probably was searching for an explanation, came up with this, not like entirely true, but somewhat you know, based on his experience answer. And that's, you know, people started to pass that on. But then, and I got a hold of that as well. And I was that guy as well, when somebody would tell me like, Oh, so does it, you know, work? I'm like, oh, it works only in street situations when it's like real life and death matter. But then I, when I, when I got hooked on the idea of why and questioning like the hell out of everything, I started to look at those justifications and I was like, yeah, I see like some truth in it. But I was like, there's something more. And then that really opened up so many doors to kind of to, to support your, your point. I think that not enough people really they focus on the deeper why and they like realistically look at that concept and question it, which is the downside. I think that's a thing that a lot of people really didn't like about you when you started making your first videos that really, you know, as you said, broke the internet is that like people um, didn't like that you were asking hard questions that they didn't have answers to. And you were presenting them with a proof of what they said that they could do. And you're like, okay, well, here's me doing Aikido against MMA and it's not fucking working. And, and, um, you're, you know, you're saying why guys, why? And no one had any good answers. And it's funny because, you know, I, I, this is the first time I've interacted with you. And for a long time, just by, you know, existing on the internet and interacting with people, I had a negative opinion of you without having even watched your videos because people were like, oh, that guy made IQ to look bad, blah, 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 you know? And, um, and I think that's just that it's, the way that the Aikido community reacted was so defensive, you know, and everyone was like, oh, he does just, you know, it was, it was easier to just write you off than to actually look at the things that you were 
proposing for many people. And so I think the IQ community kind of just had a, a, a jump reaction to that and said, ah, that guy sucks, just, you know, expel him. And I think it was worse, too, because you ended up going and saying, well, maybe I just need to go do MMA, which I think for many people is the answer, which is like, if you want to do this kind of stuff, you got to just go do it. And nobody, and I think the kind of people that are attracted to Aikido tend to have a hard time realizing that if you want to be a tough guy, you got to just go be a tough guy. And that means doing something that isn't Aikido, you know? And so that's, I'm just uh, realizing that as we're talking to you now, that like, that's why people had such a harsh reaction to you. You, 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 you know, when you do that, so like to me, you know, like, I guess we can all say what we thought of you. Um, so, so, you know, when, uh. When I first became aware of you, and this was years ago, you know, because I've been around Aikido and, and YouTube and stuff, you know, so I became aware of you. And I honestly, when I first saw you, I was like, oh, here's another guy who kind of thinks he's Steven Seagal because he's tall and he's got his head in the clouds about some Aikido stuff, you know. And then um, when you did the Aikido versus MMA and your conclusion was, um, well, maybe Aikido just doesn't work at this. I was like, oh, good job. This guy's thinking now, you know. And then like as you started to move into it, I was like. Uh, this guy's probably just going to move away from Aikido entirely because he's going to realize that what he wants isn't offered in Aikido, and that's cool. And and honestly, that's when I thought, like, oh, good for Rokas. He's, he's figuring shit out. And then, you know, as you started to make this coming back to Aikido, I was like, oh, I recognize that phase too, you know, where it's like, it's like there are some things I like about Aikido, and even though it's not MMA and I could do MMA and that's cool, like, there's other things I like about it, you know? And I think, you know, that that's the way the Aikido community should be approaching like, what my said I think is right, which is like, People in the, entrenched in the Aikido community are like, that traitor, he's left us and gone off and done MMA and he's stupid. And if he really mastered it and cared about Aikido, then he would learn how to do it in an Aikido way. And then anyone who's been around the blocks kind of like, well, good for him. He's doing what he wants to do. And that's neat that he's interested in Aikido stuff too. Cool. Now we can talk about it from a more complete viewpoint as opposed to just being isolated in Aikido and thinking Aikido is going to answer every question, you know? Yeah, yeah, 100%. There's, there's a concept I'm uh, playing with these days, uh, and, and I'm kind of starting to invest in it, is the idea that if we are in, investing a lot of time and energy into a subject, and especially if we're developing an expertise or like a close attachment to it, so let's say like we, we recognize that our identity is becoming tighter, which is very much the case with martial arts in general, but Aikido for sure. Uh, that it's our responsibility to be aware of both sides of the picture. Like, even if we do not agree with the other side, I think we should be educated. So, for example, I'm, I'm right now I'm investing my time and energy into the world of uh, coaching. Uh, and in particular, I'm, I'm exploring the subject of talent right now. And it would be so easy for me to just take a book about talent and be like, oh, so this author said A, a B, and C, and that means, you know, this is the truth. And I like it, I resonate with it, it kind of, you know, that's the conscious bias. I agree with it, that means, you know, I keep a hold of it, and then I go to everyone and start telling, like, what's talent? But I'm like, no, if I really want to represent that concept, I need to make sure I also read a book which is counter-argument yeah. to that, even if I will not agree with that. And I think so few people do that, and it's, it's unfortunate, uh, because I think, like, like, as you said, Kristen, why you know, I, I respect and admire you, because you went for a similar path and even when I, you know, you, you might have looked and, and were like, well, you know, I don't know if this is the best thing that Orcus is doing, but it's like, I can, you know, I can understand him, I can support him. Uh, the problem is when some people, they are just negative, period. They hate you or they don't, they, 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 there's like an, a deep emotional negative content 
and they can't even see where you're coming from. Yeah. And, you know, I met a number of people like they just don't like the community I left, the organization of Aikido. Uh, it was a shocking moment for me to realize that people that I was hanging out with for like a decade and I considered my brothers and sisters, they could not perceive what I'm exploring. Like not even one day, they just couldn't get it. And I was like, how is this possible? Like I was expecting them to at least see like to say, I don't agree with you. I see where you're coming from, but I don't agree with you. But for them, uh, I don't want to go on a tangent, but just a quick note for them. It was personal. It was, uh, I was telling like, you know, there's a lot of bad shit in Aikido. And they're like, well, we don't see it that way. We're not experiencing it. I was like, how can you not? <laughs> on every corner. You know? But that's like, that, that's the same case with anything. Like you, you will always find some dark things. But I think it's it's an incomplete journey if somebody is looking at just the positive side and i can understand it's human and like a, a quick uh, moment uh, in, in reference you know to people like having negative opinions of me which i you know accept it is what it is but i was talking with one of my viewers lately and she she likes what i do and we were just having like a, a chat over zoom but she said her husband more or less hates me and as we I started asking questions about the husband, turns out the only video, he was like a follower of my Aikido videos, and then he watched Aikido versus MMA. He disliked it very much. And till today, it's been like four or three years, he hasn't watched, haven't watched even one video. Oh, man. Where, you know, I went through this huge transformation. There's so many different things I discovered and, and you know, I, I thought and contradicted and accepted and admitted. And there's so many things I did. He watched that video. He made his opinion about me back then, and now he hates me till today. I'm like, it's like, how can you do that? It doesn't make sense, but that's I, how most people are. I think that thing that you mentioned about identity, I don't know, this is something that I feel like I harp on all the time on this podcast, and I was thinking about writing an article about it just because it's so frustrating to me, is that like, when you spend time in something, like you said, of course it becomes a part of your identity, and so, and that's normal. Um, but the difficulty is when you start interacting with other people in that community and outside, like you have to realize that your identity is separate from Aikido. And so I think a lot of those people probably who perceived you saying negative things about Aikido, you know, by extension, they were, you were saying something negative about them, you know, about their, their, you know, some part of themselves. And so I think it's kind of like they couldn't separate the difference between, you know, themselves and Aikido and the bad things that you were saying about Aikido must mean that it was bad about them and that they had spent all this time in their life and it was a waste for some reason. And they can't realize that, that it wasn't a waste. And, you know, and if, if you're saying something negative, it's not necessarily that, that that 10 years that they spent means nothing, you know? But I think that's hard. But I think that's how, I think that's how a lot of people take it, yeah. which is like, you know, especially if you go into it and you do have this assumption that in the moment, the heat of the moment when the thing is needed, your Aikido will suddenly spring forth and you will be able to, you know, protect yourself from, you know, everything that's happening. And someone comes in and says, hey man, that's not going to happen. You, you're going to get the shit knocked out of you. Um, that's a hard pill to swallow. Yeah. Like, you know, that's even if you're seeing it and, and maybe especially if you're seeing it, you know, especially if that's what you're feeling inside anyway, but you're just kind of tamping it down because, you know, your instructor and his instructor and everyone says that, you know, and everyone else in the community, that's a hard thing to, and to it, be able to handle. So, yeah, obviously they may take that in a negative, <laughs> in a negative way, right? 
So. Yeah, and if you've never seen that, you've never seen yourself fail, then it's like, well, why would I fail? You know, I'm the hero in the story, right, right, right. so clearly I'm going to succeed. I'm, I'm coming through this on top, you know? Well, and not to mention that IQ really supports that I'm the hero in the story kind of mentality because there's not a lot of life training, and so you never get beat to shit, you know? That's right. And and sometimes you got to get beat to shit to realize, like, oh, I need to get better. I need to be much better. I've, I suck still, you know? And that's a really important growth thing is like, oh, I suck still. I got to keep working. Well, you know, I, that's important, but in Aikido, you don't see a lot of that. You know, I remember back in the garage training with Chris, and uh, one of the things we did was just, you know, he, he got a, a, a stick, essentially. It was padded. Uh, and then he would just try to come come get us, and, like, could we blend? You know, it was just a simple blending thing. He would come strike as fast as he could. Um, and it took getting hit, like, four, five, six, seven times to realize, like, oh, yeah, no, I'm, this is, I... There's something else going on that I have to get into. But I never would have got that if we just did the same kind of training that was like, oh, he comes in and he knows what's happening and I know what's happening and we move together. And um, the first time that he swings hard, something snaps inside and I freeze and then I get hit, you know. So I think that is, yeah, that's a... An important kind of thing. In your experience in you know, moving over to MMA and things with much more live training, do you feel like that same kind of you know intertwined identity problem? Do you feel like that is less so in you know in MMA in combat sports, or, or do you feel like it's about the same? I mean, like let's to, to clarify the the question. So let's say if an MMA guy would become disillusioned in some way by MMA and would we go to a different martial art? Is, is that like the case? Like if they would experience the same? Yeah, I guess I'm just kind of wondering if uh, the way that, you know, because I feel like Aikido practitioners, like anybody who's spent any significant amount of time in Aikido, it becomes a part of who they are. And then when someone says anything that is negative or, oh, Aikido doesn't work in this way, they take that to heart, you know? And so I think, yeah, that's what I'm asking is if for an MMA practitioner, and if someone says something negative against MMA or that it doesn't work in such way, do they have the same kind of reaction? It's a good question. And it's it's not entirely something I, I like look under a microscope, but I do have a sense of an answer from my general experience. Uh, and I was I was lucky to hang out with like you know UFC fighters, Bellator mm-hmm. fighters, like high level fighters, and and so like top coaches. So so I've I've been around those guys, and so there's some direct experience there. And what I can say, and the same applies to BJJ too, by the way. Um, I I noticed that there are also some dogmatic thinking, let's say in Brazilian, Brazilian Jiu Jitsu in particular, especially in some schools, in some lines of schools where there's worshiping. Mm-hmm. of certain, you know, uh, like uh, legendary figures. So they can fall into a similar thing and, and they can become a bit touchy about that. But in general, it's much harder to, to hit a point where, where you strike them and, and, and you shake them. And like they, they don't take it to heart as much because, in my experience, because they are confident about their knowledge. They have like, they, mm-hmm. they, right. they have done the drills, they went through you know, fire and hell uh, to witness that this is working in many degrees. I'm not speaking entirely about self-defense, more about fighting right now, uh, but I feel they have a strong sense of confidence and it's it's much harder to, to find an argument where you will in, insult them. Right. Meanwhile, uh, with Aikido, I personally, in retrospect, I realized I had doubts about my Aikido for ever since I began, basically. Mm-hmm. Like somewhere in the back of my mind, I met numerous long-time Aikido practitioners who I noticed through their communication, through their 
they're talking that that doubt also would come out but they would have like a whole they would have like 10 layers protective layers of those justifications to kind of hide that away mm-hmm. but i think our rational conscious deep mind it does know that they're sunning off like also if you again this is a bit about my degree but but i think it's a fair assumption like if you talk about some someone who's very religious or or like a cult participant in a cult probably somewhere deep down they know it's a bit, uh, it's a bit bullshit but but their identity it, it's built uh, with this artificial structure mm-hmm. but that artificial structure it's not based on your on your direct powerful experience and then that's when it's much more fragile so i think with mma guys for example i think the thing which would shake them the only thing not the only thing but like the major thing that i can think of and i'm pretty sure it's true is if somebody wants to become professional and they get injured and they have right. to stop now that would be like you know huge that would be traumatizing for them psychologically because they're invested in that identity of becoming the best fighter right but in regards to like trying out a different martial art or having their techniques questioned and and things like such i i don't think they would be bothered at all because they're like it works for me like you right. know, I, I can right. deal with right. you know other guys it it's funny you know and when you were saying this and then talking about the injury right now is oh yeah i think this is exactly right like to me, when you're hanging out around those kind of guys, everyone's very confident in their own athleticism. And so they know that, like, put you in a different context, it's going to take you a while to catch on to what's going on. But athletically, I know I'm going to do okay, you know. And so, like, I remember, you know, the school I was in, like, uh, sometimes sumo guys came and visited for a while. And, and we did sumo, you know. And uh, stick fights came up and knife fights, all kinds of different things. And everyone was kind of game to try it, you know, because they were confident in their athleticism. And then when they they competed, they would say, oh, yeah, I need to train this or this or this. But it was never like, well, Brazilian jiu-jitsu sucks because it was like, well, my athleticism might have sucked or my knowledge of this thing might have sucked, but I am a, a representative of myself and not, not a representative of the system. And in Aikido, it's like we don't have confidence in ourselves. We have confidence in the system. And it's a false confidence because when the system doesn't answer every question we have, which of course no system can, so you shouldn't expect it to, then we go, oh, Aikido must suck because of this. And it's like, no, you just don't know how to do that thing. And that's okay, you know? I feel like in Aikido... I feel the problem is that the system hasn't been explored deep enough and it hasn't been figured out in in the same ways that MMA and BJJ. So you can be confident in those uh, if you're at any sort of level um, because the the answers have all been there. But for Aikido, we don't, there's so much stuff that we still don't have answers for. It hasn't been figured out. We haven't figured out what to do in these situations that there's questions on questions on questions. And that's what leads to all this stuff that we're talking about, where if your identity is tied up in that, if if it becomes questioned, then you become... Right, if the system becomes questioned, questioned your identity's questioned. Right. Because um, there is no you, there's right. just the system. And that right. wouldn't happen as much, I think, if the system was completely solved. And so anytime anyone had a question, like you're saying, you know, no one's going to question a, a BJJ guy about his um, skill in, in that thing. And like Chris was saying... If they ask him something outside of that, he'll go, uh, I, I don't know, let's let's try it out and find out. And then not butthurt and not blaming right. Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu because it didn't teach you about sumo. It's like, well, of course I don't know about sumo. And Aikido is the opposite where, you know, someone goes like, oh, you know, what about this? And they go, oh, yeah, we can handle that, you know. Yeah, we, yeah. yeah we, I mean, we don't do it, but we could. These are really great points and, and something that actually 
in relationship to this that I picked up from, from you, Christopher, is, and I, I used that in one of my recent videos about Aikido, is the ad, admitting of uh, limitations, or just not, not only like limitations, but also of limits, like having a clear picture of what your practice is and what it's not. And with most practices, that's much clearer than with Aikido. And in Aikido, you know, there's such a broad vision. It's like it, there's like no limitations. Right, right. Yeah. There is, right. There's no, I, I believe there are no limitations. We can do everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's like, you know, I need some. Not everyone is like that, but I do need some, you know, key guys who are like, oh, it's all about key. And because, you know, it's so, it's, superficial is not the right word, but, you know, it's so, so unreal that there's no way for them to measure it and they have those ideas that you know they, they have this key thing and it's all about that and I think that's that lack of limitation as well like I noticed it in spirituality which is why I was like a, a very devoted practitioner of spirituality and now I'm like and having a hard time digesting anything spiritual uh, because I think it, it's, it's the same thing it's it, there's no boundaries it's like a spiritual guru gives you advice on marriage, on business, on health, on diet. It's like on fitness. They like they know everything, <laughs> mm -hmm. and it's not realistic. But and, you know, it's it's. But then when you get when you become part of it, I think that lack of realism makes you vulnerable in a bad way. Like makes you fragile because whenever you think you're like this awesome, uh, you know, unbelievable saint. And if I we speak Aikido, unbeatable being, mm -hmm. and then suddenly somebody shows you that you're not, and your whole identity gets shaken because you believe you're endless, and now you have to suddenly face that you're limited. On the other hand, and then they guys, if we take that as an example, one of the reasons why I admired them, and again, actually, again, the video I just released, uh, talking about them actually being more humble than people think, is because they get trashed all the time. Yes. You know, you train with guys who you up you lose a fight and like those who like tell like they're the best usually they're they're the ones who never lost as soon as they lose they experience the same thing that's right but mm -hmm. but that's very rare a very very rare individual who goes on long enough without losing in general in mma you're trashed all the time you know your limits and so it's much easier to say something to you which is unexpected yeah it's funny too because in a, i did this little car talk thing on this but like you when you get into that fighting idea and realizing that getting trashed is actually making you better, you kind of get into like looking for people to trash you. You know, it's like, oh, well, who who's better than me? Because if I find someone better than me, that's great because then I'll get better after that, you know? And so, so your whole mindset shifts when you do that, but that only comes from the honesty of at least facing that first time that I'm going to get trashed, you know, and that's hard to do, you know, it breaks all your disillusionments, you know, but it becomes easier and easier over time, you know, yeah. the more that you hear negative things about yourself or that, you know, you the more you get beat, the more you go, well, I, I lived, yep. you know, <laughs> I lived and I'll, I'll live another day, no matter if someone leaves a mean YouTube comment. That's you right. Know? That's right. Um, some of them burn though. Some yeah. of them burn. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm, I'm kind of thinking out loud at the moment, but again, I think it's a legit idea is, where one of the things I kind of criticized as well online, as, as I criticized so much things about Aikido, but uh, one of them was that failure more or less is stigmatized in Aikido. Like you don't want to fail. Mm -hmm. you know? It's like, oh, you did this wrong. Bad, bad, bad Aikidoka. Repeat it until it's mm -hmm. good. And now it's good. Mm -hmm. That's right. it's, or basically good means the way Sensei wants you to do right. it. Right, yes. that's exactly right. Yes. Like, 
you're the best, you know, and then you do something else again wrong, and you're just like, oh, you're wrong, you know, and, and, and there's also that culture where you never become better than the sensei, right. you know, which is crazy as well, uh, and, and that kind of creates a mindset of attaching a concept or a feeling of, of negativeness to failure. On the other hand, uh, I trained with John Kavanaugh, the coach of Conor McGregor, and his philosophy is win or learn. You know, he ditches the right. word lose. Perfect. It's all about right. It's you know, and that that's I, I spoke to him on a number of occasions, and he said, if there's one thing which my fighters can would take away, and they would take nothing else away, he said, I want them to take away the concept of win or learn. That failure is not a thing. It's just a learning opportunity. And and the last thing, as as you know, as controversial Conor McGregor is uh, there's a story, a recent story where he was training for this this last fight that he had and uh, so John, his, his coach, uh, was sending in a, a bit bigger a bit bigger guys to, to fight with Conor and Conor was upset because he, he came to John and said look, look, look John he's like, they're, they're too easy for me it's like, I send you some bigger guys you know, I, I need I need more adversity. Like, like he, he, it shows that he has the mindset of I want to experience failure right. because I will become better. Right. And we're talking about one of the best fighters, you know, in the world. Right. So, so yeah, that shows that that mindset really sticks in. So again, there's that contrast between Aikido and MMA. Yeah. And it's funny because I feel like Aikido is so, um, it's so fixed in on the idea that like so much of what we see is exactly that so and it's the thing that getting back to that first video where people were like criticizing your footwork and stuff um <laughs> that there's you know what's the angle they're so in like into Minutia. getting it just right. right you know perfect you always see these videos perfect your uh bulletproof your pins perfect your uh shionage whatever it is you know and it's all of these things to get the technique as perfect as it can be and it's like truthfully none of that matters right you know pressure test it did it work then it's good enough to go right right Right. um and you just keep doing that and that's the way that you really can grow into something but yeah aikido just has this weird this weird thing i think that's a problem too with aikido people is they don't know that the way you get the minutia is by doing it a whole bunch you do it a whole bunch till you realize like oh this works for me and that doesn't work for me but no one can ever be told that you know like they can give you gross ideas like you know don't turn your back or do this or don't step with that foot gross ideas but like angles and little tiny details that only comes from you doing it with a bunch of different people over time and so it's it's a waste of time to spend all that time on minutia and also because it's dynamic it's funny that's right that anyone would go like your foot has to be at this angle because it's like well yeah maybe in this one moment but the minute the second he moves then i have to adjust so it's like (laughs) right also if a dude's hitting me with a you know a flaming club like the last thing that i'm worrying about is what angle you know my foot is at like i'm just doing shit you know i'm just moving you know to 27 degrees right 27 degrees i I don't have time for that Um, kind I of. I, I bu- oh, oh, go ahead. Go for it. I I think I bumped into that. I was too young to, to perceive what was happening, but I think I had that. Uh, I, I keep trying to. It slipped my mind the term like, uh, co- like the dissonance. Which oh, cognitive dissonance. Cognitive dissonance. Thank you. Mm-hmm. So I think I think I had a bit of a cognitive dissonance moment even when I was in my teen years, just trying to train Aikido. My first Aikido instructor, he was. He was a perfectionist, but in the worst possible way, you know, and, and under Aikido circumstances, he had a very specific idea of what is a right technique and what is a wrong technique. 
we're like different builds. I'm, I'm, I'm tall, he's short, he's bulky, I'm lean. And, but he is expecting me to do the techniques exactly like he does. And uh, we did very little randori over the three and a half years that I trained with him or four years, whatever. But then uh, whenever we did randori, the, uh, the concept was the guy grabs you, uh, and, you know, with two hands, rear to dory. And I have to do techniques, <laughs> but the techniques, I have to do them exactly the way I'm doing them in a static way. And if I would do it, if I would throw the guy, he would fall, but I would do it not in the way that Sensei expected, I would get scolded. And you know, that, that's mental. That, that's yeah. nuts. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I wanted to kind of gear shift a little bit. I was wondering, you know, so it seems like, um, in the past, maybe, you know, since quarantine or whatever, past six months or so, it seems like you've been kind of gear shifting yourself a little bit back towards thinking again, looking back at Aikido. And I'm curious, um, what, you know, why are you coming back around to it or what, what stuck, what was sticking in your head so much so that you had to come back and relook at it and think about it again, because, um, I'm, I'm interested what's, what's piquing your interest. There's, there's a lot going on, and, and part of it, I'm, I'm kind of deciphering myself. Uh, but uh, the, the moment that made that shift initially was I, I had a training camp, like a fight camp for three months, uh, SBD Ireland, professional fighters, way better than I am. So I was the underdog most of the times. And after three months of training with them, I did like burn myself out. I do tend to burn myself out in general. That, that's kind of my personality. <laughs> but then I had the perfect conditions to do that. So I come back to my home country, Lithuania, uh, uh, burnt out, uh, divorced, uh, changing homes, like like a completely new page. Like I have nothing in particular. I don't have a dojo anymore. I don't have like a home place anymore. So like a, a complete blank page. So uh, I have a full choice what to do next. Like there's nothing that I have to do. And I started realizing that beforehand I had a drive to train martial arts. And now I'm suddenly in this place where I'm like, I don't have a drive to train it. And this is, for me, it's unacceptable. I'm, I'm very much a, a passionate, driven person. Like, I have to have an inner drive. It's like, if, if I don't, it's like, it's pointless. And suddenly I'm struck, surprised by that. I'm like, oh, there's no drive. And I start to question. So, so what drives me? Like, what do I want to do? And a question I like to ask myself for years now is, is or it, you know, it's a, it's a bunch. It's like a whole package of questions. Like, what would you do if you had one year to live? Or, or the other when I guess I prefer, it's like, at, if you would have a conscious moment before you die, and you would look back at your life, what would you want to make sure that you would have done? And I, I, I asked myself those questions, and I realized, martial arts, I found the answers which I was looking for, at least at that moment. I can't, I don't, I'm not saying I won't go back to them, but at, that, at this moment, I was like, there's nothing I want there anymore. So I asked myself, what do I want? And for me, for ever since I remember I had a drive, a passion to create positive influence, uh, to like live a life which has po uh, positive impact on others. And I started to reckon that uh, that's the reason I started Aikido on a, to a big degree. Part of it was self-defense, but another level I really resonated with Osensi's uh, philosophy. And I liked his message, and and I saw how Aikido inspired me, and that's why I went to become an Aikido instructor. I thought, oh, it's inspired me. I can then inspire others and, and kind of make some positive influence. And I started to look back at my whole journey, and and I realized, that I guess it's kind of a 
hopefully objective thing to say that people consider me to be a, a, a nice guy, like in a good way, like you know, a good person. Like like people do say good things about my character and this and that. And I you know I created a channel which has a hundred thousand subscribers. I don't feel very proud of it. I don't think much of it, but technically it's just you know it's a thing. And so so there's cool stuff I did. Like I had a dojo and this and that. And so I, I started asking myself, what led me to reach this point where, where I'm actually, I, I kind of lived a good life. And I realized Aikido had a big part in it. Aikido did, and Aikido and also my teachers, the communities I spent time with, even when we clashed and we separated, there's some good things I took from that. And I started wondering, so what if now, with a much more realistic perspective of life than, that I have than I had 20 years ago or 10 years ago, uh, how would I take what I learned from Aikido and present it in a rational uh, kind of a conscious way uh, with pros and cons included and I think that that started to drive my attention uh, it's not like my entire primary attention but it's it's one of my priorities at the moment to explore the subject uh, and I'm interested and and the last thing I'd say is uh, I do have a recognition that if we want to make anything meaningful, we have to focus on something, and it's best to focus on what you're good at. And I spent like more than a decade in Aikido, so it would be nice to at least do something. Right, <laughs> right, right. It's still there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah for sure. Right. I think that's I, pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we're at we're at uh, fifty three minutes. We're about our yeah podcasting. my regular time. Yeah. Um, I you know I want to say something. I I really um, respect how honest you are, um, and that you have uh, tried to figure out what the hell it is you're doing. And I mean, if if we could all just do that, we'd be in a better place. You know. So I, I really respect that, and, and I appreciate you coming on. Yeah. Um, and I think you set a good example for a lot of Aikido students. I think it's yeah. nice uh, when someone is willing to to share. Um, both uh, their time and and also their resources. So you've had Chris on the podcast uh, on your uh, thing, um, which is really nice to be able to pull other people in and use the resource that you have uh, to sort of boost messages that you uh, think have some merit or, or whatever. So that I I do appreciate that side as well. And then to be um, you know kind enough to come on our show. And, um, you know, give us your time is really an awesome thing, too. So totally appreciate that. I was that. thrilled. I was looking forward. <laughs> I had a feeling we'd have a good time. And we had a good, I feel like we had a really cool oh, yeah, conversation. Yeah. I think this is yeah. great. So It's nice to get to have a, because, you know, the three of us talk every week. We do this every week. So it's nice to have a different voice in and, you know, come up with some different different ways of thinking about things and talking about things because we all kind of are very familiar with each other's perspectives on stuff so it's nice to to shake it up and talk with someone who you know I, I really enjoy listening to your story and I feel like I've learned a lot about about you and and you know had I've, my perspective of you has uh, become much more much more positive and I appreciate hopefully that everyone else listening gets to hear that too and and go like okay, that's what's going on and, and, you know, see such a a good example of, you know, how you can work through those kinds of problems, you know? So I appreciate that you, you, you reached out and you did what you wanted to do. You know, you, you you didn't just talk about it. You did it, (laughs) which is, is really important, at least to us on this podcast. So, yeah. Well, thank you. I I really appreciate being here as well. And and in the back of my mind, I'm thinking, uh, these days I'm, I'm doing my best to speak and look at more positive sides of, of Aikido, and I just can't help it. Sometimes I, I still like I, I look at like, 
look at this. This is terrible. <laughs> <laughs> this is terrible. And I'm like, I did it again. We don't know about that. We have, we have no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> that is a foreign concept to us here on this show. Uh, yeah. All right. Okay. That, it does like come across. I, I think uh, this is my last thought. I think, but, no, but there's this. I, I like to say that no racist has a close personal connection with a person of another race. And I think, you know, it's a little bit of my experience in terms of Aikido. Uh, the people I meet and the people who know me, like even some of my haters, I connected with them and they we talked and they're like, oh, actually, you're not such a bad guy. I'm like, well, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> people do. It's, it's, it's a human being thing. They take one particular, you know, thing they saw or heard and they create this idea. So it is what it is. But I do hope that this chat wasn't, you know, a negative one where like, oh, he's a monster. <laughs> <laughs> no, and that's our goal on this podcast, you know, is just to open it up because we always say, oh, we have these conversations anyway. It's just we're recording them now. And what's nice about that yeah. is just like having a more open discourse, which I think you've led to a lot with your YouTube channel, a similar kind of thing, which is just let's just talk. Let's just, you know, and without the hate, without the, you know, um, uh, the dogma, you know, let's just have a conversation. And I think when you foster that, there is, there's so much less of that negativity, like true negativity, and rather just, here's the pro, here's the con, here's what I've learned, yeah. you know? And that's that's how we want the Aikido community to be. Yeah. All right. Well, thank you for coming on, yeah, sir. Thank we you so much. It. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, everyone. It's a pleasure. <laughs> Thank you so much to our patrons. They are Brad V, Spider-Man in San Jose, The Hatchet Man, Brooke Ferragamo, Ben Bear Wrestler Aldrich, Tommy Siv, Francis Cordone, Scott Burns, Dave Dewberry, Sension Center, Barrett Lippy, Sam Sulian, Michael Heed, Ocon Ayrton, Jim Sullivan, Marcin Chiss, Randy Stewart, Thomas Polino, Flor Hanowick, Hillary Jones, Constantinos Andrew, Franz Martinson, Yuli Simgu, Brian Crowley, Lisa Klein, Sharon Okada, Christopher Aceto, Matt Mumford, Jim Gallant, Matt Riley, Grant Templin, and Lenny Acuna. All right, Thank guys. you so much. Yeah. All right, tip of the week. You got something? You literally just told me that you were going to come up with that. <laughs> so here's the tip of the week. Um, <laughs> like we... <laughs> tip of the week. Uh, go and, and take, a cl- take a class of something other than... Do something other than Aikido. At least one. One, dip your toe into something else. Whether it's, you know, whatever it is. And it doesn't even necessarily have to be martial arts, let's say, but, um, you know, go try something else. Find, uh, see if there are other things out there for you and how they may fit into your martial art journey. Yeah, and also uh, go watch some of Rokas' videos if you feel like you wrote him off before, which I definitely did. I, I, I'm guilty of that, but I've watched some of his recent videos and really, really enjoyed them. Yeah, and and so, you know, open your heart up, try it again, um, you know, come come in with an open mind, we'll say. Yeah. There it is. All, All right, right, guys. We'll uh, talk at you next week. Adios. Bye.